I am. The well, first thing I noticed. I'm always wearing my fingernails. I just have paint I mean, on this time. You're wearing your nails. Yes, they they, they are definitely here. Um, cool. It's it's not the color because I think colored nails. That's that's one thing, but the glitter on the nails is a is another one entirely because I just have glitter on my face and clothes know, all the time. Awesome because they're thanks, man. They're like a neat kind of blue. They remind me of a they remind me of a girl I went to college with named Maggie. Well, this one's for Maggie. She definitely was ahead of the curve. It's it's a badge <laughs> of honor. It looks it looks very very cool, and it's also kind of free promotion because you walk around town and people go, "What's with the nails?" And I go, "Oh, well, she comes see the show. Check it out. It's pretty cool." It is pretty cool. So Darren Chris is uh, in Hedvig and the Angry Inch through the nineteenth of July at the Belasco Theater. Congratulations! Thank you so much. What I'm so excited. a show, though. Yes. What a that show. is how that is that is exactly the emphasis that I would say on that sentence. What a show! What a show! So, were you at all intimidated about taking this character on? Because no, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, geez, I don't want to say that easy of a no. Of course, one's a little intimidated, but not in a scary way, in a very sort of healthy, um, you know, wanting to take on the challenge way. I mean, I've been wanting to do this role for the better half of I mean, more than a decade, so it's. Uh, it's extraordinarily exciting to, to be able to finally do this. When I when I heard that you were taking on the character, I got very excited because I'm <laughs> a psycho fan of this show. I rem- remember seeing it when it first opened. Oh, wonderful. At, at the, the Jane. Jane Street. At the Jane. Ugh, jealous. And, and I feel like I've seen almost every Hedwig. Really? Yeah, because I, I saw Ali Sheedy. You saw Sheedy do I wish I could have seen her it do it. So I've seen bootlegs. Weird. I've seen some weird. I've seen so some videos. Weird. But that's great, though. It like, was cool. punk rock cool. Yeah. But it was psycho. But that's what's so great about the show is that um, it has that sort of Rocky Horror uh, rent. Well, even, you know, what's a modern one? I mean, people, people go back to see Wicked a ton just to see the new yeah, Alpha yeah, Bell yeah. is. And it's cool to have that kind of sustainability where people really come back. You know, I'm the fifth guy to do it on Broadway. The last guy that did it was obviously the creator, so that's a huge pull. The last guy before that was... was Michael C. Hall in, in recent TV success, extremely popular. Andrew Randalls, who's not only on Girls, but you know, did an, was Elder Price in a hugely game-changing yeah. musical. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously Neil Patrick Harris, who I don't have to mention his accolades. So each guy has had so much appeal to come see this show to, yeah. to the point where I'm like, well, man, if I'm number five, I really hope people don't go, oh, I already saw the show. But much to my surprise and delight, people are like, oh, I got to come back. I've already seen it twice. And with Everything else that there is to see on Broadway, people still will say they'll come back. And I'm so, so thrilled by that. Well, it, it's, it's one of those, first of all, the great thing about the show, I mean, the movie is the movie's terrific, but the show is, for me, it's like going to a gig. I'm a rock exactly and roll, I'm a rock and roll baby. So sure. To me, it's like going to a gig. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen my favorite bands countless times. So mm-hmm. that's what going to the show of course. is like for me. Um, and... The great thing about this this character is that although she has this 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 kind of core that everybody needs to think about and embrace, you can bring so many different layers and colors and ideas to it. It's right. always fun to see mm. who does what to it. Like I remember exactly. thinking, I would never like Michael Severus in the role, mm. and when I saw him do it uh, at the Jane, it right. was 
insane. Right. It's just so different. I, so. I just saw him do Fun Home, and I'm just like, not only is my, he's such a backbone of the Broadway community, he's such a wonderful actor, and I was just watching him going like, man, I can't believe this guy is one of the defining head. He's probably done it more than a lot of people he's all over the world. He's too. a total badass. And like, yeah, but that's what's so cool is that within everybody, depending on you know, whatever your physicality is, your sort of uh, uh, delivery, your accent, whatever, it all brings something to a very well-written sort of Shakespearean level of a, tr- a tragic character. And uh, yeah, no matter what, a lot of the work has been done for you. As long as you bring something unique to the party, it'll make the story captivating enough for people to really be like, wow, that was crazy. So you discovered Hedwig at the Jane? No, I well, I mean, I knew it was at the Jane, but I would have seen the film. I mean, that would have been my gateway to it. Um, I saw it when it came out. In so, what was it like then to see the stage piece? Because the stage piece is pretty. I, I, different. I was curious. Well, the cool thing, uh, every time the show has been done, they have switched the medium around to work for the story. So, obviously, the conceit of the Jane was that was a true shithole. Yeah. Like, we're in a sh- crummy part of town. What the fuck am I doing here? Like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get all these weirdos to come and listen to my weirdo story. And I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I wasn't there, but the idea was like, this is the best show that we could do in the best circumstances, and yeah, you're right. And, and it kind of feeds into the to the kind of vibe of the show. And uh, in the movie, they did a really good job of of making it cinematic and making um, the conventions of film work for, you know the sort of the bigger sequences of rock and roll and things. And so I was so interested when I saw Neil do it, I liked that the conceit of that play was what the hell is Hedwig doing on a Broadway stage? How did she get here? I know. And they do a really funny job of kind of tipping its hat to, yeah, that is true. Like how, like who would let this psychopathic woman <laughs> into this room? I know, and um, and I liked how they explained that, and uh, that that's been fun for me to play because the Blasco is a beautiful Broadway house, but the vibe of the show is so rock and roll that uh, you know, some how many times have there been great shows off Broadway that have moved to Broadway and kind of suffered because the vibe is gone. So they often do actually. They do. That's a, that's no, that's what I'm saying. Now, that was that was a rhetorical yeah. question. It happens all the time. So it's nice that they embraced the grandeur of the stage and made it work as sort of this ironic thing that she's there and uh, she somehow found herself in a position that she'll never have again. It's a one night only thing, one day only thing. You folks that are coming to see me today, this is the only time you're going to get this. So enjoy it while you can because I'll never do Broadway again kind of thing. So um, it it, it makes it infinitely fun for the actors every night. I'll bet. I'll bet. That's Darren Chris visiting with us on the Jolt. I'm Larry Flick, and uh, you can see Darren in uh, Hedvig and the Angry Inch at the Belasco through the 19th of July. So, what about Hedvig did you fall for? What part of her do you do you love the most? Oh man, God. Well, I just love a good old-fashioned big character. Um, she, I mean. <laughs> There's so many layers of conflict within her. I mean, it. it, it, it I'm laughing simply because it's like, where to begin? Mm. Um, it's hard enough to be born in communist East Berlin. That's a, that's rough. That's a tough hand. 
also to be like a young kind of girly boy sort of thing and politically and, and sort of emotionally, that's a rough thing to have. Not to mention the fact that the only way to get out of this already shitty situation, you have to, um, you, the idea is put upon you. It's not your idea, someone else's idea to get a sex change. That's hard enough. Not only that, but it goes wrong. Oh, and by the way, you were raped by your father as a child. Oh, by the way, once you finally do get out of this horrible shithole that you were stuck in to begin with on a really bad ticket that will scar you for the rest of the, your life, once you get to America, you're going to be left by the same person who chopped your dick off and left in a trailer trash community where no one cares about you and you have nothing but your sorrows. Oh, so you write songs about it and then you meet who you think is the love of your life who steals it from you and becomes incredibly (laughs) successful and leaves you in the dust. I mean, this woman has nothing but heartache written all over her and yet... She is this, she has, hangs on to these morsels of resilience and attitude to to take power over what has disempowered her. I mean, if that's not a recipe for a fucking powerhouse character, I don't know what is. And don't you find that there's like this undeniable joy about her at the mm. same time? Yes. I, 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 I think that if she... If she was all about the tragedy, mm-hmm. that's unbearable. It, it is unbearable, and and it can get there. You know, in the show, you know, when she when it when you do see she, she it, it rears or I'd like to think it does it rears its head every now and then, yeah. but she always covers it up with the humor and with the with this sort of Borscht Belt sort of uh, sort of Brechtian humor in the theater. She loves to. To cover it all up with the wigs and with the makeup and with the attitude and with the rock and roll. But there is a huge amount of hurt in her, which is just such a joy to play. And and, and it really comes through. I had um, a guy the other day backstage, this has been my favorite story to tell from the show thus far, who, uh, who, who wasn't your typical Broadway theater goer. And he goes, bro. Bro, when your sex change thing, when that went wrong, I was so pissed. I was so mad. Oh man, I was so angry. When you when you threw that mic stand out, I was I was right there with you, man. I would I would have been so upset. And like, it was kind of touching because you go, yeah, man, that it, it's extremely upsetting. My God, it, it. I mean, it's horrible what has happened to her. And so the fact that it hit him in that way was really. It's like cool. That's the, well, that's part of the story. Good. But what's what's really interesting, and I'm curious to know how you're living through it, because you're living through it during a time that none of the other Hedvigs have lived through. You're living through it at a time when the world is so in tune with what a Hedvig is. Mm-hmm. Sure. That more so than ever in our in our history of life. What is that like? We are we are now in the age of Bruce Jenner. Liver and Cox. Hedvig, when I discovered her, was an oddity to a lot of people. Not mm-hmm. to me as a gay man, but to everybody else. It was like, I don't get it. Right. They thought it was a rock and roll farce. Right. That was how someone described it to me the first oh, time wow. we saw it. And yeah. I said, no, some of the parameters are kind of extreme, but that's mm. theater. Right. But this happens. There are people like this woman. Mm-hmm. You're now playing her at a point when 
Grandma Tilly in Toledo, Ohio, mm-hmm. knows what a trans person is. Knows what a trans person is. And, and let's not forget that Hedwig and the Angry Inch, that little show that could from the Jane Street Theater, is on Broadway winning Tony's, attracting Bridge and Tunnel crowd. And playing and, to the Antilles who come to New York on and vacation. And Tilly will come to town and know about the show and, and maybe come Because Darren Chris is in it. She wants to maybe, see Darren Chris. Who knows? Exactly. I hope Aunt, Aunt Tilly, I hope you make it. we, we got to see Waiting for You. So, but what is that like for you to play? I mean, it's a because joy. Because it's a historical time. Well, I mean, I, I haven't... Honest, honestly, um, this came up... Uh, you know, we're talking about the show a lot today as we're kind of promoting it. And um, this has come up. And I... It had never occurred to me. And I think that speaks many volumes of where, maybe not where I'm at, but maybe where I guess our society is at. That the fact that that is even a uh, a variable of the social sort of dialogue, it, it didn't even occur to me. I was just, it just kind of is what it is. And I think that has a large part to do with the fact that her tragedy and her story is so large that the the botched sex operation and her identity as a trans person is sort of secondary to her other extreme number, huge list of problems and um, obstacles that she's overcome that uh, I'm not going to say forgot about it, but it kind of just kind of got lost in the wash to me. But it is nice that it's a nice thought to think that uh, people can come to the show and uh, maybe it hits them a little harder than it would have, you know, before it was such a um, a, a more what was before it was a more common thing to be aware of and uh, talked about in the in the sort of zeitgeist dialogue. So yeah, it's cool. I'm glad. I I hope I hope that that can continue. You know, I mean, there's so much about the show that is racy for people. And yet, it's a hit. So I think it's a good ch- good time to make a lot of these topics um, accessible and thought of. You know, like, and again, like this guy, this guy outside of the show, like he he wasn't making any comment on the trans community or the current trans thing that's happening. Like, if if you can call it that, um, but he wasn't making a comment on any of that. All he was commenting on was empathizing. With somebody he cared about on stage, that was it. It had Isn't nothing. That awesome. It, it's it, it's so awesome. It's, it's really incredible. Cool. That's really theater. cool. Yeah, that's Darren Chris with us on the Jolt. I'm Larry Flick, Hedwig and the Angry Inch at the Belasco through July 19th. Okay, so I want to ask you um, moderately personal question. Try me. What's more amusing to you? I like where this is going. The disappointment in gay men that you're straight, or the pleasure of women who discover that you're straight Ooh, <laughs> that's a really good question thank you what's well, the answer <laughs> well i think i think i get more out of the latter yeah uh, i'll bet you do <laughs> i'll bet you do uh yeah that probably leads to more fun things that actually have used to me but uh but the former is is equally as flattering um but uh, is it ever amusing to you of that, course because you because you are part of um, this very small breed of actor willing to play a great part as opposed to willing to play a part that will feed your image. Oh, well, thank you. Do you well, know what I mean? Well, I'll tell you what. The the thing about a- acting, if, if dr- drama is conflict, okay? 
That's the, it's it, theater and dra- drama is all about conflict. Even comedy is about conflict. Performance is about conflict and resolution, in whatever ways that manifests itself. So, the better parts to play are those with more conflict, and the internal struggle of of identifying your own sexuality, your own power, anything. You know, if that comes to be in that struggle that many gay, lesbian, what have you, people have, that is a very deep personal conflict with yourself, with those around you. And it exists in many different ways for even straight people. It's, it, it's Personal conflict is huge, but that's one that we can all recognize immediately, gay or straight. So it's no surprise that what I'm getting to here is they're just the better characters. <laughs> but how just did you the get, better ones. How did you get to that degree of personal confidence to know that? Because you do know that that is still not the prevalent point of view. Well, I just it just doesn't occur to people. You know, I'm. This is a very difficult comparison, but like the mania of like, you know. King Lear or Macbeth or any of these people that these are these classically conflicted crazy people I'm not associating them to that of a young gay man grappling with coming out or not but what I am saying is that the conflicts within these people have the same gravity you know whether it's political or personal when it's inside your body in your own head it's all the same currency so you know God, what am I trying to say? I, if that, if any of those roles are available to me, then that's what I'm interested in. And when Blaine came about, I, you know, that was a new character. I didn't know it was going to be what it got to be. I was just lucky enough to book it. And after getting it, being like, oh, this is cool. This is great. Thank God. Thank God for this. Um, so I've just been lucky. I mean, I wish I could say I was smart enough or, or powerful enough to have been able to kind of pick and choose what what I got to do but I don't know I just I've I've always gravitated towards people who have interesting things to say and I've been lucky enough to get to play them so far but you were obviously raised very well well <laughs> well then you can tip the bill to my parents you were clearly raised well because the in order to in you have to have a good foundation in order to get to where you are well and I that, you know, not, and that doesn't happen <laughs> Just because you wake up one day and read a book, well, I mean, that comes from the way you were reared. That's from my yeah, point of view, at least. I, I guess so. And you know, I, and if you want to make it specifically about to bring it back to again, we're going to use quote fingers. So we're going to put the gay thing if we want to even say that. You know, growing up in San Francisco and doing theater as a young kid, that definitely probably had an effect on me. I mean, I, I did um, musicals being sort of driven to and from rehearsal. From, you know, young, you know, theater 30-somethings, young, wonderful gay men that, you know, at that point in time had gone through a lot in San Francisco. A lot of these guys had seen a lot of people go. You know, people were, this was right sort of at the end, at the latter half of, you know, the AIDS epidemic really hitting San Francisco hard. And so these were all guys that... Um, were sort of friends and mentors to me. They're the older brothers that got to take me around and... And seeing their struggle and seeing their heartbreak and being very aware of it, but not, I didn't have the maturity or the intellect to understand the depths of what they meant. But as I get older, sort of understanding that struggle and that livelihood and, 
and kind of seeing their resilience to, you know, a young kid like me at the time, I was like nine or something years old, you know, that, that leaves an impact on you. And so I think that's definitely stayed with me. Well, you're, you're carrying the torch for a lot of us really well. Well, I'm happy to. Thanks, man. Uh, It's nice to meet you. Likewise, likewise. Come see the show. I plan to. Darren Chris uh, can be seen as Hedvig in Hedvig and the Angry Inch through July 19th at the Belasco. This is the Jolt.